Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. This is, of course, Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain, and we have a lot of information to get through with regards to coronavirus, NCOV-19, and I'm going to take your questions. I'm going to provide some updates here, of course, and please uh, let me know how the uh, audio is. Sorry for the late start today, but we do have a lot to get through. So I'll just wait for the room to gather, and uh, we'll get straight into it. Uh, just a reminder, you know, as we are waiting for people to come by and gather in, that the first show that I did was an interview with a friend of mine from uh, Hong Kong. This was January the 26th. January the 26th was my first show on this, and um, that's a long time before the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic, as it has recently. I was referring to it as a pandemic back in January, and I just you know, wanted to point out that following this channel has saved some lives, without a doubt, because uh, the world seems to be very far behind the basics when it comes to this stuff. So let's look at the numbers at the moment. So uh, 50% of people have recovered. The total confirmed cases, 141,401. Deceased, 5,371. China, of course, with the bulk of those, 80,813, of which uh, 3,176 have died. So, of course, this is why you're looking at a 3.4-3.5% fatality rate, and it's still early on in the pandemic, so this is why you've got um, a 0.1% fatality rate for the regular old common flu. And so if we're talking about a 3.5%, 3.4%, that's 34 to 35 times more deadly than the common flu. So, of course... What is surprising to a lot of people is Italy, with 17,660 confirmed cases and 1,266 have died. And uh, 1,266, not too far off from the Black Death. Another wonderful gift from China. So, okay, for those who don't know, over the past 10 years, there has been an enormous increase in the numbers of people in China. And so official statistics of Chinese people in Italy are 320,794. This, of course, does not account for illegal immigration, which would be a lot. It doesn't account for former Chinese citizens who've acquired Italian nationality or Italian-born people of Chinese descent. So I don't know what the numbers are, north of half a million, 600,000, and so on. And, of course, a lot of those people, strong ties to China. And they would go back to China for Chinese New Year's to go visit family and return. And so this is really interesting. Now, the question, of course, is why are there so many Chinese people in Italy? And the answer, I mean, it's obviously complex. <laughs> I sound like Vosh. It's incredibly complex. In other words, I really can't explain it, but I want to sound smart. So the reason is actually kind of simple, which is that a lot of vainglorious people like the Made in China logo. Right? They just love that Made in China logo. and Sorry, they love the Made in Italy logo. <laughs> and so if you want the Made in Italy logo, then you have to have the actual fabrics or the clothing or the shoes or the handbags, whatever. They actually have to be made in, in Italy, right? And so you will import a lot of cheap drudge workers in order to achieve that Made in Italy label. So it is, sadly, vanity that is driving a lot of this stuff. The vanity of wanting the Made in Italy label combined with the access to cheap labor that comes. And of course, when I was in Hong Kong last year for my documentary, which you should really watch, you can get it at freedomain.com. Just click on the documentaries tab. It's right there. It's totally free, no ads. And of course, if you can help support the show, if you find that my early warning signals regarding coronavirus, which came months ago, months ago, was one of the first people to call it a pandemic, one of the first people to call how dangerous it was going to be. If you find that helpful, come on, freedomain.com forward slash donate. The link is right below. It's uh, 
It's got to be worth something to you, right? This kind of early information just might have saved lives. I know it did save lives, of course, right? So when I was in Hong Kong, uh, it was, uh, I saw there were a lot of, I think it's Philippines, uh, Filipino women who were there to help raise the children or do the housework or be the personal assistance of people who are out there making money in Bitcoin. And don't panic about Bitcoin, people. But I guess throughout the West, like they did when Germany invited millions of Turks in, uh, you're finding out that there's really very little in life, very little in human history that is more expensive than cheap labor. Because look, the Italian economy might have saved millions of dollars by having cheap Chinese people swarm in and produce the Made in Italy logo. And now the entire country's on lockdown. You've got close to 20,000 people infected. You've got over 1,200 people dead. You've got a healthcare system overwhelmed. Does it really seem like such a good deal now? Do you think that the economy as a whole is either A, making money from cheap foreign labor, or B, losing both money and lives to cheap foreign labor. It's a friend of mine's father when I was a kid. He said, we're too poor to buy cheap things. We're too poor to buy cheap things. And I I said, well, what does that mean? Seems kind of counterintuitive, right? What does that mean? Well, of course, what it means is that you have to buy quality because you can't afford to replace things. Nothing is more expensive than cheap things. So this is an important thing to remember. So in America, confirmed 1885, deceased 39. In Washington, 416. In New York, 328. TBD, 256. California, 247. Massachusetts, 108. Colorado, 49. The Diamond Princess cruise ship, of course, 45. Texas, 36. Georgia, 31. Florida, 30. New Jersey, 29. Illinois, 25. Justin Trudeau's wife here in Canada, the Prime Minister of Canada, his wife has been confirmed as positive for coronavirus. Hunter Biden skipped out on a court appearance citing coronavirus. Tom Hanks and his wife have coronavirus. And we're still waiting to hear on (laughs) Rasim Kassam whether he's going to get his answer or not. I'm sure he's fine. So in Europe, in total, we have 34,200 confirmed and we have 1,500 deceased. Now, that is, of course, pretty horrifying. So, you know, you can get the rough rule of thumb. So 3,400, sorry, 34,000 is about a third of 100,000. So if you multiply the deceased by three, then you're going to get about a 4.5% fatality rate. And it's still early. It's still early. It's still early. I keep telling everyone this. I hope, you know, there's some people say it's peaked. China claims it's under control. We'll see. Uh, about that as time goes forward, but uh, it's pretty bad. Total in Canada, confirmed 109. I think that's up a little bit from here. And British Columbia, of course, has the most with its high Asian population. Ontario, 37, 46 in BC, 37 in Ontario, uh, in Ontario, 19 in Alberta, Quebec, 7, and empty for the rest. Australia, 156 confirmed, 3 dead. Latin America, 222 confirmed, 2 dead. And that is where things stand from that. The World Health Organization has finally declared it a global pandemic. It's uh, in the about bloody time category. Uh, They are, um, I think, in in my view, a very corrupt organization, though still not as bad as the CDC in uh, America. So let's make sure all of that's nice and quiet. All right. So Trump, this is as of today, March the 13th, 2020, 11.19 a.m. Eastern. Trump to declare national emergency to speed virus response. So Trump plans to declare a national emergency on Friday over the coronavirus outbreak involving, invoking sorry, the Stafford Act to open the door to more federal aid for states and municipalities, according to two people familiar with the matter. Hold a news conference at 3 p.m. I guess that's come and gone. Sorry, I had tech problems setting up. Te- uh, Trump spoke Friday with Emmanuel Macron. French president tweeted about the pandemic and agreed to organize a video conference with world leaders on Monday to coordinate research efforts on a vaccine and treatments and work on how to respond to the economic fallout. Uh, Schools are closed here in Ontario. They're closing, of course, all over the world. Hey, everyone gets to get a chance to explore the joys of homeschooling and lots of time with your family. The U.S. stocks struggled to hold on to gains 
S&P rose less than 1% in midday trading after climbing 6% at the opening, following stock's worst day since 1987. Treasury yields increased as the Federal Reserve said it was buying $37 billion of bonds across maturities. And, of course, the Fed is thinking or I think is underway of dropping $1.5 trillion into the economy because counterfeiting. So that is... uh, That is some powerful stuff, Uh, and we can, of course, only hope that this kind of rapid response is only going to continue. So this is from a couple of days ago from the formerly newsy organization Newsweek. And I guess we can pause these ads. Coronavirus could infect, quote, many, many millions, end quote, if U.S. is complacent in its response, America's top infectious disease expert says. The number of people that are infected by the new coronavirus is entirely dependent on how America responds to the outbreak. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. He said, if we are complacent and don't do really aggressive containment and mitigation, the number could go way up and be involved in many, many millions. This guy, uh, I quoted him before in a previous uh, show. So uh, he's, uh, I think, pretty, pretty legit. Multiple states are experiencing community transmission. The virus officials are implementing measures to reduce human interactions, including shutting down large gatherings and closing schools. Large-scale coronavirus outbreaks have occurred in Italy, China, South Korea, and Iran. But Fauci said it was too early to predict what will occur in the United States. So uh, this stay-the-F-home stuff is really uh, quite, quite important. And uh, please, please take care of your elderly loved ones. And please check in on people who, you know, I I talk about working from home. Uh, It's a good thing if you can do it. But, of course, there are many people who can't do it. Oh, sorry, that's a little, uh, (laughs) what can I do to change that? Okay, well, it's got all of this clear stuff on the background. Canada's Trudeau announces a billion dollars in funding for the healthcare workers dealing with coronavirus outbreak. The funding will help buy masks and other supplies for healthcare workers. And um, I guess uh, we'll find out what happens with all of that. But as I talked about from the very beginning, when you get a virus of this magnitude, what happens is your healthcare system becomes ground zero for spreading it in some ways. And of course, the people who are responsible for helping people are the ones who get sick the most. All right. Coronavirus updates. Every sporting event canceled so far as COVID-19 spreads in the U.S. and Canada. This is from... MSN one day ago, and uh, it's, well, uh, it's quite a lot, of course, and good, you know, sports, unless you're playing it, sports I consider a huge waste of time and energy, so the potential spread has prompted several leagues, teams, and individual players to weigh in on the infectious disease as it has made its way to the U.S. Several teams have taken preemptive measures to limit the coronavirus spread, including limiting limiting media access and spectators and cancelling events and competitions Altogether, the NBA has suspended its season after a positive coronavirus test. Boy, they could have done that for STDs all through the 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, and teens, but I guess they didn't. So March 11th, it's halting play beginning March 12th, after a player, reportedly Jazz's Rudy Gobert, tested positive for COVID-19. The NBA G League has suspended its season, the NCAA tournament games, to be played without spectators. And I'll put links to all of this below, of course, but this is what's going on in terms of sports. And this is the kind of stuff that needs to be done. Like, you need to change your life uh, just to, to keep your life. All right. So this is a couple days ago, March 10th, uh, but it was updated on March 13th. So this is important. This is uh, important. Okay. This is what you're going to take away. I won't go through the whole article, but it's worth having a look at in more detail. This is more important than just about anything else you'll be reading or watching except for this. The coronavirus is coming to you. It's coming at an exponential speed gradually and then suddenly. It's a matter of days, maybe a week or two. When it does, your healthcare system will be overwhelmed. Your fellow citizens will be treated in the hallways. Exhausted healthcare workers will break down, some will die. They will have to decide which patient gets the oxygen and which one dies. The only way 
to prevent this is social distancing today, not tomorrow, today. That means keeping as many people home as possible starting now. In Canada, the recommendation, though not the enforcement, is that all non-essential travel should be avoided and, and not, you should just not go on unnecessary trips. Okay, so you might have fears today. What if I overreact? Will people laugh at me? Will they be angry at me? Will I look stupid? Won't it be better to wait for others to take steps first? Will I hurt the economy too much? But in two to four weeks, when the entire world is in lockdown, when the few precious days of social distancing you will have enabled will have saved lives, people won't criticize you anymore. They will thank you for making the right decision. So, good. All right, how many cases of coronavirus will there be in your area? Chart one, total worldwide cases of coronavirus. So the China period, January 22nd. And look at this, January 28th when there were really only a few cases, again, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but man, you've got to take a victory lap when you've helped save people's lives, including perhaps yours, your grandparents, great aunts, great uncles. I called it bottom left of this graph. The China period, it, it did a big spike right there in uh, early, early mid-February when they reclassified stuff. Then it seemed to slow down. Now it's going up. The total number of cases grew exponentially until China contained it, but then it leaked outside, and now it's a pandemic that nobody can stop. Look at this chart, too. Total cases of coronavirus outside of China. <sighs> January 22nd, almost none. January 28th, again, is when I called it. March 10th, boom. It's close to 40K. This is due to mostly to Italy, Iran, and South Korea. You look at this chart, three coronavirus cases per country. Excluding China, South Korea, Italy, Iran, further down. So there's so many cases in South Korea, Italy, and Iran, it's hard to see the rest of the countries, but let's zoom in on that corner bottom right. So this is coronaviruses per country, excluding China, South Korea, Italy, and Iran. And as you can see, the numbers are all doing pretty much the same thing. They're flatter in some places. That's because it's earlier on. There are dozens of countries with exponential growth. As of today, most of them are Western. Daily growth of rate of cases between... 3.5 and 3.6, Belgium, Switzerland, United Arab Emirates, Netherlands, France, Austria, Malaysia, Sweden, Greece, USA, Spain, UK, and Norway. Countries beyond this threshold of 40% double cases every two days. If you keep up with that type of growth for just a week, this is what you get. These graphs that we can see. So if you want to understand what will happen and how to prevent it, you need to look at the cases that have already gone through this. China, Eastern countries with SARS experience in Italy. So I'm sorry about the resolution here. Uh, I know it's a little, a little fuzzy. Uh, I will, um, of course, provide the link to this below. But in the orange bars here, the daily number of, uh, official number of cases in the Ubei province, how many people were diagnosed that day? The, the gray bars show the true daily coronaviruses. The Chinese CDC found these by asking patients during the diagnostic when their symptoms started. So these true cases weren't known at the time. You can only be figure them out by looking at them backwards. The authorities don't know that somebody just started having symptoms. They know when somebody goes to the doctor and gets diagnosed. The orange bars show you what authorities knew and the gray ones what was really happening, right? And this is how when they say, and I said this was not going to, to last, right? This true new cases immediately plummet. But the uh, orange is, uh, is the important number. All right. Uh, we'll skip over China. And so South Korea cases have exploded. Why Japan, Taiwan, Singapore, Thailand, and Hong Kong have not. All of them were hit by SARS in 2003. That's the sudden acute respiratory syndrome. I think it killed about 800 people in Hong Kong. And they all learned from it. They learned how viral and lethal it could be, so they knew how to take it seriously. That's why all of their graphs, despite starting to grow much earlier, don't look like exponentials. Right? So look at Hong Kong in there, Singapore, Japan. They're not going through the roof. And, uh, of course, these are also enormously high IQ populations, which is another reason why I knew, say, oh, well, why do you want to study IQ in the world? Well, if China can't contain it, uh, the Chinese people are among the smartest in the world. I mean, I'm not saying the Chinese government is moral, of course it's not, but the Chinese people are among the smartest in the world, and if they can't contain it, I mean, this is how, um, I, I covered a, a number of these outbreaks before, from Ebola to other things, and always said it was never going to be a huge deal, and it wasn't, but this is one of the reasons why you want to study 
IQ, so that you can figure out if the high IQ population with the genius engineers and, and a huge amount of control over the population because it's a totalitarian state, if they can't contain it, it's a big freaking deal. You know, if the rock can't open your jam jar, go get a new jam jar, right? Okay, so uh, there's lots of details here about South Korea, which you can get into. Uh, so the growth in Washington state, sorry, the growth in Western countries and how bad forecasts of just one week look like. Now imagine that containment doesn't happen like in Wuhan or other Eastern countries and you get a colossal epidemic. Let's look at a few cases such as Washington state, the San Francisco Bay Area, Paris, and Madrid. And so here we've got Washington state cases and death rate. Again, you can see up and up and up. Washington state is the U.S.'s Wuhan. The number of cases there is growing exponentially. It's currently at 140. And then there's more details there about the, um, the mortality rate and, you know, some important and detailed math that's really important. And so by doing some mathematics based on what ran earlier, there's an estimate that is probably about 1,100 cases in Washington state right now. San Francisco Bay Area. So if you compare test performed, test per million citizens and positive test rate, and then kick that into the uh, uh, America, then you get some pretty alarming numbers, and it's good to be alarmed. You, you make better decisions when you're alarmed. So France claims 1,400 cases today and 30 deaths using the two methods above. You can have a range of cases between 24,000 and 140,000 which is one or two orders of magnitude higher than officially reported, right? So again, if you look at that Wuhan graph, we've got a timeline in Hubei, and you can apply this to the numbers elsewhere in the world with the caveat that, see, because China is a mono-ethnic culture, it's full of East Asians, of course, very, very few foreigners, very, very few uh, blacks or... or, um, uh, or Caucasians or anything like that. So you have a uniformly high IQ population. It's going to be more dangerous in places where you have significant populations that are not quite as high IQ because there's just going to be less alarm, less self-control, and less understanding of the consequences of not self-quarantining. So uh, it could well be much, much worse. So Spain has very similar numbers to France, 1,200 cases versus 1,400. Both have 30 deaths. The same rules apply. Spain has probably upwards of 20,000 true cases already. In the Comunidad de Madrid region, with 600 official cases and 17 deaths, the true number of cases is likely between 10,000 and 60,000. If you read this data, if you read this data and tell yourself, impossible, this can't be true, just think this. With this number of cases, Wuhan was already in lockdown. And you say, well, Ubay is just one region, but Ubay, of course, has nearly 60 million people. It's bigger than Spain and about the size of France. So coronavirus is already here. It's hidden and it's growing exponentially. What will happen in our countries when it hits? It's easy to know because we already have several places where it's happening. The best examples are Ubay and Italy. World Health Organization quotes 3.4% of the fatality rates. The people who contract the virus, 3.4% will die. This number is out of context, right? So it's important to look at these numbers. So in South Korea, the mortality rate is 0.6%, and it's 4.4% in Iran. And again, we have the IQ differences between the two countries are enormous. One, of course, has cousin marriage sanctioned through Islam in Iran, and one country, is very South Korea, has got one of the highest IQs in the world. So you can go into more detail. China's fatality rate is now between 3.6 and 6.1%, converges towards 3.8 to 4%. That's double the current estimate and 30 times worse than the flu. So there's Ubay and then there's the rest of China. Ubay's fatality rate will probably converge towards 4.8. The rest of China, it's 0.9. And in Iran, I'm getting, it's going to be far, far higher. Again, it's an IQ issue. And of course, you have uh, uh, people who believe that, uh, I mean, some of the, the Muslim clerics, or some of the clerics in Iran are, are making the most outlandish claims about how you can deal with coronavirus and, um, 
And of course, the early death rates are not going to reflect the death rates down the road when the system starts to get overwhelmed. There are some people, of course, they uh, require hospitalization. Uh, of the people who require hospitalization, there are those who require intensive care and those who require super intensive care. And you're just going to run out of people who can administer that care. You're going to run out of machines. You're going to run out of beds. You're going to run out of rooms. Uh, so you're going to, um, I hate to say you want to get it earlier, but if you're going to get it and you're at risk, getting it earlier is good, right? So South Korea, total cases, only 0.6%, but deaths per closed cases is a whopping 4.8%. So South Korea is testing everybody. So many open cases, the death rate seems low, and leaving the cases open for longer so they can close cases quickly when the patient is dead. They have a lot of hospital beds, and there might be other reasons. So healthcare system and crisis management are very... Then, of course, you have a mono-ethnic state. You have a mono-ethnic state. And therefore, what happens is you don't get these endless screams and cries and distractions of racism, racism, and disproportionate benefits, and these people are dying more, and, and it just gets really, really nuts. And this is just another one of these problems. The Diamond Princess Cruise, 706 cases, 6 deaths, and 100 recoveries. Fatality rate will be between, between 1 and 6.5%. So countries that are well prepared will see a fatality rate of 0.5% South Korea and to 0.9% the rest of China. The rest of China, of course, had the warning of Ubay and Wuhan. So countries that are overwhelmed will have a fatality rate between 3 and 5%. And I personally believe it could go significantly upward from there. So what that means is countries that act quickly can reduce the number of deaths by a factor of 10. And that's just counting the fatality rate. So here's the numbers. About 20% of cases require hospitalization. 5% of cases require the intensive care unit. These are the three layers I was talking about. And around 2.5% require very intensive help with items such as ventilators or extracorporeal oxygenation. Worst Dungeons and Dragons monster ever. Uh, I did talk about this. Uh, this uh, slide. Um, Best guess epidemiology, U.S. 96 million cases, 4.8 million admissions, 1.9 million ICU, 1 million PPV, and 480,000 deaths. And this is why I have been ringing this alarm bell for many, many months. And you can thank me, and you can, of course, donate to support this show, because I am providing a very essential and very important service. Now, I'll tell you this as well that, I mean, there are significantly important people who listen to and watch my broadcast. And those people are swinging into action, and the reach of this philosophy show should never, ever be underestimated, right? So ventilators and ECMO, uh, sorry, let's go back, <laughs> that's right, extracorporeal oxygenation, they can't be produced or bought easily. As of a few years ago, the U.S. had a total of 250 ECMO machines. If you suddenly have 100,000 people infected, many of them will want to get tested. Around 20,000 will require hospitalization. 5,000 will need the ICU. And 1,000 will need machines that we don't have enough of today. And that's just with 100,000 cases. A country like the U.S. has only 1% of the masks it needs to cover the needs of its healthcare workers. As I talked about before... If a lot of cases appear at once, there will be masks for only two weeks. So let's look at what an overwhelmed healthcare system looks like. Because even if you don't get coronavirus, the healthcare resources that are going to be sucked up by coronavirus are very, uh, very important. And you need to sort of understand that it's going to have splash damage to other people who need help in this. Hospitals in Wuhan have been severely overloaded as thousands of potentially infected individuals seek medical help. Um, I, went, I read the situation in Italy. Healthcare workers spend hours in a single piece of protective gear because there's not enough of them. As a result, they can't leave the infected areas for hours. When they do, they crumble, dehydrated and exhausted. Shifts don't exist anymore. People are driven back from retirement to cover needs. 
a friend of mine's father is coming out of retirement to help out. People who have no idea about nursing are trained to overnight to fulfill critical roles. Everyone is on call always until they become sick because they've got constant exposure to the virus. They don't have enough protective gear. And of course, they're physically exhausted, not eating well. Uh, You need sleep to recharge your immune system. And so when anybody gets sick, they need to be in quarantine for 14 days, during which they can't help. Two weeks are lost. Worst case, of course, they're dead. And of course, because there's such a long incubation period, people can be spreading this. Healthcare workers can be spreading this even without knowing it. In the ICUs, patients need to share ventilators or ECMOs. These are, in fact, impossible to share, so the healthcare workers must determine which patient gets to use it. And, of course, if we remember the death panels debate from way back in the day with Obamacare, it's happened, it's happening, of course, in Italy. You you have to choose who lives and who dies. This is wartime triage. Somebody's bleeding out, you keep moving, and you try and staunch the bleeding of someone who can make it. We must choose who to treat, says an Italian doctrine. After a few days, we have to choose. Not everyone can be intubated. We decide based on age and state of health, says Christian Celeroli, an Italian doctor. And this is what means, this is what I said, you get a fatality rate of about 4% instead of half a percent. And that has to do with your choices. I'm always about empowering the individual. I'm all about your choices. If you stay home, If you can find a way to not be exposed, to not infect others, you will be saving people's lives. This is a very powerful thing that you can do. Okay, so why is it so important to act early? Because if you get badly treated patients or you run out of resources, you get a high mortality. If you have well-treated patients, you have a low mortality, and uh, these are all of the lines that you can look at again in more detail. Social distancing is very, very important. So the current scientific consensus is that this virus can be spread within two meters or six feet if somebody coughs. Otherwise, the droplets fall to the ground and don't infect you. Now, um, I did talk about this with regards to a bus that was going in China on a four-hour trip, and one guy sat second from the back, and they had video cameras on it, and they could track who got sick, And the rate of transmission or the distance at which the virus was able to go was 15 feet, almost 15 feet. And now that paper, to be fair, and just to keep you guys up to speed on all of this, that paper has been withdrawn, but without any reason. Nobody said, oh, here's the mistake we made or here's the problem that we made. So that paper has been withdrawn. So I don't know what that means, but nobody said why it was withdrawn. So the worst infection then becomes through surfaces. The virus survives for up to nine days on different surfaces, such as metal, ceramics, and plastics. That means that things like doorknobs, tables, or elevator buttons can be terrible infection vectors. And again, everything that you can do to stay home. I'm sorry if it it causes a bite to your income. I really am. But, you know, nothing else causes a bite to your income, like dying or, you know, funeral costs for your grandparents. That takes a bite on your income. It's worth burning some dollars now to save lives down the road. And uh, I've, of course, also read up to 14 days on different surfaces. So keep people home as much as possible for as long as possible until this recedes. Now, it goes goes into good detail about the 1918 flu pandemic, which I talked about in the last show. So here is an example of death rates in Philadelphia and St. Louis. And St. Louis promoted social distancing very early on and very highly. And as you can see... An enormous number of people survived in St. Louis who did not survive in Philadelphia. So it is absolutely essential, in my humble opinion, and remember, I'm no doctor, I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not a pandemic expert, I can read graphs, though, and in this graph, the dotted lower line is much, much better. So I will not go through all of this, but really talk, and don't just do it yourself, like talk to other people. Uh, bribe them, bully them, shame them, <laughs> whatever you have to do to keep them in. Uh, it is very, very important that we not transmit this because the ripple effect and the spread effect is absolutely catastrophic and is going to cause the deaths of an enormous number of people, right? So if you're staying home, if you're not going to mass events, if you're not traveling unless you absolutely have to, you will save lives. 
So the measures will lower the transmission rate from 2.5 to 2.2 or maybe 2. Now, it doesn't get enough, doesn't get people below 1 for a sustained period to stop the epidemic, but you need to flatten the curve. You need to flatten the curve, and you need to make sure that the resources that are needed to treat the most desperately ill are available, which means minimizing transmission. Okay, um, U.S. tech companies' social distancing policies have been enacted by 328. It allows for work from home, restricted visits, travels, or events, which is important, and you have to do this as soon as possible. So here's a model. If your company had 100 employees in the Washington state area, which had 11 coronavirus deaths on, a, on 3-8, there was a 25% chance that at least one of your employees was infected, and you should have closed immediately. If your company had 250 employees, mostly in the South Bay, San Mateo, and Santa Clara counties, which together had 22 official cases on 3-8, and the true number was probably at least 54, by 3-9, right, by the 9th of March, you would have had a 2% chance to have, have at least one employee infected. You should have closed your office too. Now, as of yesterday, the 12th of March, if your company is in Paris, Intramuros, and it has 250 employees today, there's a 95% chance that one of your employees has the coronavirus and should close your office by tomorrow. If you're still hesitating because nobody's showing symptoms, just remember and realize 26% of contagions happen before there are symptoms. It's very, very important. You can, I mean, how, many often, how often do we get to go out, or rather not go out and save lives? Normally saving lives is quite an involved business involving being in the military, dragging people off the battlefield, or being some hefty guy dragging people down a smoky stair in a fire-burning building. But here, you can just stay home and play Xbox and save the world. So if you're a group of 50 companies of 250 employees on average in the San Francisco Bay Area, there's a 35% chance that at least one of the companies has an employee infected, and a 97% chance that will be true next week. So look at this, look at this. This is the 22nd chart. Model of daily new cases of coronavirus with social distancing measures taken one day apart. So no social distancing. You can see the new number. The numbers just go up. Social distancing one day later. Social distancing starts on day 20. Look at that difference between one day, right? If you start N plus 20, N plus 21, look even that little graph. It's thousands of people who don't get infected. And if you look at this, this is accumulative cases, social distancing measures taken just one day apart. If you start social distancing on day N plus 20, source plus 20, and if you go one day later, that's a 40% difference in cumulative cases. So it matters what you do today versus what you do tomorrow. Waiting one more day creates 40% more cases. If, if the Ube authorities had declared a lockdown on 122 instead of 123, they might have reduced the number of cases by a staggering 20,000. Now, of course, if they'd also let the World Health Organization come in and if they hadn't suppressed and attacked people telling the truth about this virus, that would have helped as well. And again, it's not just that there are 40% more deaths. The number of deaths goes up exponentially based upon the burden on the healthcare system. So, yeah, share this out. We'll just do a couple more uh, questions. Uh, sorry, a couple of more comments, and then we will... Uh, I will take your questions, and um, let's do one more. This is the uh, response of the tech companies. And let's see what they've got going on. So this is two days ago. Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and others to meet with the White House over coronavirus. With the number of reported cases in the U.S. surging past 100, the Trump administration is increasing its efforts to contain the spread of the virus. A spokesperson from the Office of Science and Technology Policy told Politico representatives from the companies will appear in person or via a teleconference to devise a coordinated response. U.S. Chief Technology Officer Michael Kratzios is expecting to head up the meeting. It wasn't clear if the officials from the White House or from other government agencies will take part in the meeting. Since the coronavirus outbreak, technology companies have been taking measures to reduce the impact on operations. Many have limited or banned travel, called off conferences and events, and urged employees to work from home. 
Alphabet is recommending all of its employees in North America work remotely until April 10th if their roles allow it. It's the first company to ask its entire North American workforce to stay home. The meeting is also expected to focus on technology companies' roles in stopping the spread of misinformation on their platforms. Since the outbreak, false information and fake cures have been swirling online. Facebook announced last week it will give World Health Organization free ad space and work with the agency to disseminate accurate and timely information. Apple is only approving coronavirus apps that come from research and government agencies. Amazon has been working to remove products that falsely claim to cure or prevent the virus and to stop price gouging on its platform. So, all right. I just wanted to make a quick statement. And then I will uh, shift to the middle here. I will make a quick statement and then I'll take a couple questions, but let's uh, keep this relatively brief. I don't want the length of the video to be discouraging people from getting this essential information. So, okay, so first and foremost, I just wanted to point out that the suppression of this channel on social media is costing lives. Uh, I have been getting out great information, interviews with experts, interviews with people on the ground. Uh, I have not said anything that needs to be retracted, and I've not provided any false information. So the suppression of this channel on social media is is going to cost people their lives. Of course, there are lots of people working to prevent this from becoming a full-blown exponential-sized pandemic, but um, you can uh, start suppressing me again in a couple of weeks, but I beg you, if you are at one of the social media companies that is suppressing this channel, just take your finger off the button. Just a couple of weeks. You can put me back into a timeout uh, later if you want, but this is kind of important. I think we need to put ideological differences aside, and we need to recognize the work that I'm doing here that is very essential to help keep people out of the ICU, to help people keep people out of the ground. And so, you know, just take your finger off the button. Let me get, even if it's just for these videos, let them get out there. Uh, I'm not taking ads here. Don't worry. I'm not making any money uh, from from running ads. I don't have any sponsors. So it's not like you're hitting me big in the bank uh, if you uh, reduce the suppression. But please, please get this information out there. You can put all the caveats below the World Health Organization. That's fine. But for heaven's sakes, put ideological differences aside and get this information out to where people need it. So please, just for these videos, you can put me back if you want into a timeout down the road, but let's put all of this suppression crap aside. This stuff is too important for that. All right. Uh, No, I am being suppressed. Yeah, no, it's not a huge ego thing. I am being suppressed. There's absolutely no doubt about that. It was very, it started last February. Uh, It started uh, right after I gave a speech at the European Union about tech censorship. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely the case. I'm sorry, but uh, it is a fact. So, uh, Stefan is the effing man. Well, I appreciate that. But uh, forget about me and just spread the information about all of that. All right. Uh, Stefan, I live in Charlottesville, South Carolina. I currently work as an Uber driver. It is a very touristy area. Do you think I should immediately stop Ubering for now? Thank you for all you do. You have changed my life. I appreciate that. I really can't give people individual advice, but I think if you look at the data that's out there, the decisions should be relatively clear. Uh, Certainly you are, I think, putting yourself at higher risk by Ubering people, and you certainly could be an epicenter if you get something, don't know about it and spread it to other people. If you are going to keep Ubering, uh, you can do what uh, most people are doing who run gyms and hotels and so on, and just clean, 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 clean all the time. Is herd immunity desirable? Is it better to allow the virus to spread? Well, I mean, the virus is going to be a permanent part of the human landscape, as far as I can tell, um, forever. I mean, it's just a new thing that's been introduced into the human landscape, uh, unless there's some smallpox-type vaccine that is going to wipe this thing out, it's here for the duration, and there's no way to get rid of it uh, permanently. Uh, The big problem being that, um, like as we know, flu viruses mutate like crazy. It's, It's wretched. And so, you know, what they do for the flu vaccine is they kind of figure out what kind of flus there might be around next year. They try and vaccinate you for all of that. But this virus has already mutated once uh, that we know of into a more and less virulent strain. So um, I think it's around. So no, it's not better to allow the virus to spread. You should do as much as you can to prevent that. This herd immunity stuff is not uh, is not good. Somebody says, don't we kind of deserve this human tragedy because of the sense of slaughter and suffering we created by torture and consumption of animals? Kind of ironic, don't you think? Um, it's not... Um, 
you know, this, we always look for causality with things like this. And it's very, very tempting. And, you know, when the smoke is all cleared and, and we've got whatever safety or security we can get a hold of, we can start to look for causes. Of course, I'm going to look at um, what was taken from the Level 4 Containment Laboratory in Winnipeg, Canada, where the RCMP frog-marched people out, a bunch of Chinese scientists out, what's happening in various higher academic institutions, I think namely Harvard, in America, where a number of professors have been dismissed for failure to report connections and money received from China, and um, go all the way back to the stuff that I was talking about early on, which is um, that they were experimenting with coronaviruses and bats and so on uh, in, um, in China. So... We will get to the causality, but right now, trying to say that, like trying to shoehorn this into some ideological perspective is, I understand it, I understand it, but I would say really, really focus on just getting people to stay the F home at the moment. So Trump has COVID-19, well, so a number of people have been around Trump and and they've been around people who have COVID-19, so... We shall, uh, we shall see. I'm just going to work. Oh, there's other thing I wanted to mention as well. And I really, really appreciate there's almost 4,000 people in here chatting uh, and, and commenting and watching. I really appreciate that. And uh, please uh, forget about me. You, you can scrub me entirely from these comments. Just share the websites that I'll put links to below and share this message. So, so important. There are a lot of people out there who are going to live or die based upon what you decide to do over the next couple of days. I'm really, I'm telling you that right now. Uh, it is really, really, especially if you, you know, if, it's one thing if you're an employee, but if you're a business manager, for heaven's sakes, look at these numbers and do the right thing. Um, and, you know, it's the other thing, too. Gosh, you know, Michael Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads to come up enormously short in the Democratic presidential race. And there are some stupendously wealthy people out there in the world. Bill Gates basically sacrificed his economically valuable role as the CEO of Microsoft and went around chasing Africans with mosquito nets, which, you know, I guess it's a fine thing to do, but for heaven's sakes, I mean, can, can any of these multi-billion, billion, billion billionaires cough up a couple of bucks to help out, take out, maybe take out some ads, telling people what to do so as not to spread this beastly thing? I don't know. <laughs> Step up a little. I've been working my fingers to the bone, uh, researching and reading and talking to people and getting messages and collating and putting things together and figuring out all of this crazy live stream technology because it is really important. Like, for heaven's sakes, there are people out there with a lot of money. Do something to help the world. You can't take it with you, you know. And, uh, you know, just if you don't care about the world as a whole, maybe you've got elderly relatives you care about. You know, th there are horrible stories about people who are, um, as one guy, is 35 years old, 35 years old, and is fighting for his life at the moment. Now, one thing else, another couple other things I wanted to mention. So now, referring to this as the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus is called racist. Oh, you intergalactic ass clowns, what is the matter? with your breathing apparatus that passes for an orifice through which you crap your pretend thoughts. That is unstaggeringly believable. Because, of course, it was referred to as the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus by the liberal media for a long time until they got their marching orders, I assume, from Beijing and the Chinese Communist Party. And now the media, the left-wing media, which is to say the media, in the United States is reading out basically Chinese government propaganda about this virus. They are calling them the enemy of the people is an insult to uh, anything that is... <laughs> oh, man. Okay, here's another one that's kind of important as well. Okay, dudes, you've got to recognize this one as well. So the COVID-19 infection may cause testicular damage and male infertility. Chinese experts advised infected male patients to take tests to check semen quality and hormonal levels. So whether the infertility is temporary or permanent, I don't know. There's indications that it's temporary, but that is very important to remember as well. And... In Iran, the mass graves for the coronavirus victims are so huge that they can be seen from 
space. So the official toll of 429 dead is, I assume, vastly lower than the facts. Once the graves are visible from space, uh, you have quite a big death count on your hands. All right, here's another one. Ohio health official estimates that 100,000 people in the state have coronavirus. Ohio Department of Health Director Amy Acton said at a press conference alongside Governor Mike DeWine that given that the virus is spreading in the community in Ohio, she estimates at least 1% of the population in the state has the virus. We know now, she said, just the fact of community spread says that at least 1%, at the very least, 1% of our population is carrying this virus in Ohio today. We have 11.7 million people, so the math is over 100,000. So that just gives you a sense of how this virus spreads, and it's spreading quickly. Now, if you look at 100,000, remember the numbers from the past, 20% are going to need hospitalization. It's 20,000 people who need to be in hospital, and thousands of people who need extreme measures to survive this kind of virus. So these are the kinds of numbers that are floating around, and again, really, really important. Uh, South Korea is not beating coronavirus through Medicare for all. Of course, there's a medical emergency, and then everybody says, oh, well, if we only had this, let's politicize this. If we only had this, right? Okay. And uh, the Federal Reserve, this is what I mentioned before, the Federal Reserve, this is as of yesterday, announced it will launch a series of massive cash injections into funding markets and begin buying longer-term government bonds as panic over the coronavirus pandemic increasingly stresses the nation's financial system. I mean, the way that that's put is ridiculous. The uh, American and Western financial systems are built on a house of cards of debt and money printing and selling off the unborn to debt slavery and counterfeiting. The announcement that more than $1.5 trillion will be pumped into the banking system over the next two days comes as the Treasury market has shown signs of strain. Interest rates on U.S. government debt recently plunged to record lows as investors poured money into safe assets, but now trading in that market is not flowing smoothly. Well, of course, because America is going to have to divert a lot of funds to deal with this, and that's less money available to pay the parasites, generally of the upper classes, on Treasury bonds. That is basically selling future tax receipts to the rich now. The Bow Group says in January that the mortality rate is not 2 to 3%, but 5 to 10%. If this infects a sizable proportion of the UK population, deaths will be in the hundreds of thousands or millions. The Czech Republic has suspended tourism and banned citizens from 15 countries from entering the country. Better late than never. The UK is still allowing people arriving in from Italy, China, and Iran with few or no checks. The Guardian says we might be heading into the first global recession caused by Chinese Communist Party mismanagement. Yes, that is very much the case. When it comes to Italy, as I mentioned before, this is from the great Scott Horton, March 12th. Two weeks ago, Italy had 322 confirmed cases. At that point, doctors in the country's hospital could lavish significant attention on each stricken patient. One week ago, they had 2,500 cases. And then they could still perform the most basic life-saving functions. And then as of uh, yesterday, over 10,000. There are too many patients for each one of them to receive adequate care. Doctors and nurses are unable to tend to everybody. They lack machines to ventilate all those gasping for air. The Italian College of Anitia Analgesia Resuscitation and Intensive Care has published guidelines for the criteria that doctors and nurses should follow in these extraordinary circumstances. The document begins by likening the moral choices facing Italian doctors to the forms of wartime triage that are required in the field of catastrophe medicine. Instead of providing intensive care to all patients, it is becoming necessary to follow, and I quote, the most widely shared criteria regarding distributive justice and the appropriate allocation of limited health resources. And of course, for those who live in the fantasy of unlimited resources, well, they're about to get a lesson in the basic reality of economics, which is, of course, all human desires are infinite, all resources are finite. China has threatened to cut off its sale of medical and protective gear, 
which is legal trade in response to American law enforcement measures to end the criminal conduct of a Chinese entity because the U.S. has moved to restrict sales of technology to Huawei. And this is the price of relying on a communist dictatorship for your essential medicines. Sidney Watson said, China started a global pandemic. They're now giving loans to poor nations to help fight the disease they unleashed. It's basically the equivalent of starting a fire in someone's house then selling them buckets of water to help put them out. Gotta love totalitarianism. There's a mullah telling people to shake hands and kiss each other on the cheek, hoping it will lead to more COVID infections and eventually to people becoming immune. On February the 2nd, the mayor of, the mayor of Florence, Dario Nardella, I believe that's pronounced Nutella, responded to Chinese coronavirus outbreak by launching hashtag Abracio Unquines. That means hug a Chinese. And typhoid Mary has zip on Corona Nardella, said Diana West. Please read her books. What happens when kids learn that online classes are superior to in-person classes? The scam of colleges and universities might be over soon. I'm over soon, sorry. Nectagan said, this is beyond shocking. China shut down the lab that published the world's first genome sequence of the coronavirus last month, barring its scientists from finding ways to contain the outbreak. Their only crime, publishing the sequence before authorities approved of it. China has a population of 1.4 billion. That's over 23 times the population of Italy. China expects us to believe that they have less than seven times the number of coronaviruses cases that Italy has. And China had its first case 46 days earlier than Italy. So... China is not telling the truth. The great Tom Woods has tweeted out that many private labs want to do these coronavirus tests, but they're not allowed to because of government restrictions. All right, let's end up with uh, a story here. This is um, uh, Jack Posobiec. Oh, and please check out the documentary Hoaxed, hoaxedmovie.com. It's now available on Amazon and iTunes. You really, really have to watch this movie. It will give you goosebumps, it will stimulate your brain, and it will give you great conversation topics, which you're going to need because you're going to be home with everyone for a while. So Jack Posobiec says, she, I was just sent these posts from back home in Pennsylvania from a family dealing with coronavirus infection. The father who contracted it is 35 and picked it up on a cardiological visit. He is now in the ICU. And uh, the message is, this is absolutely insane to be even writing this. We got a phone call last night from the KOP cardiologist in the news we saw on Monday. Hmm, myself hmm, and the baby were there. Started getting flu-like symptoms this past Friday. Went to urgent care and they gave him Tamiflu and said he had the flu. They did not test him. When we got the call yesterday from the Department of State Disease, they asked if anyone had symptoms. We told them about, hmm, they quarantined us all for 14 days. Hmm, we're still, I feel like I'm in... Uh, Kill Bill. <clears throat> was still feeling sick, so they sent him to be tested last night. I had to call the hospital myself because no one was giving us results. <clears throat> Spiked a high fever tonight and almost fell to the floor. I had to call an ambulance. He is at the hospital now, and his results finally came back. He is positive for the coronavirus. People, this is not a joke when I tell you we're both insane and hand sanitized a million times while there. <clears throat> Shook his hand, and now he's in the hospital. Please, please be careful. And be aware, this is absolutely insane. And the response, thank you everyone, please share and spread the way this news is handling this isn't right. The news, sorry, the way the news is handling this isn't right. They aren't letting people know what's going on. Just people are testing positive. So-and-so is in ICU now, and this is a very dangerous virus. And it's quick, and I can't stress enough, we washed our hands a million times at that cardiologist's office and still got it. They won't even let me leave the house to go see him or anyone go see him. We started, I started symptoms as well and I'm being tested. We have a newborn and three kids with one parent in ICU. Hopefully I don't progress. Please share and take this seriously. Next message. Sorry if anyone is texting or calling. I haven't gotten back to it's insane here. I'll try and keep updating on here. Just talk to so-and-so. He's still in ICU. He has... A lot of fluid in his lungs they're worried about. He lost mobility in his legs and they're focusing on why and how to get him mobile again. He started antibiotics for the lesions on his lungs and pneumonia, but he's much more coherent this evening and can actually talk to me, which is a great sign. He couldn't even tell me his last name earlier today. His fever is lower too. Hoping he keeps progressing and nothing new develops. I just have a cough and sore throat. 
they were trying to figure out how to test me because of the baby and kids. They finally set it up for tomorrow where I can drive to hospital and they will test me in my car just to be safe. Thanks for all the support. Well, lots of love from here uh, in Canada and I hope that everyone stays safe and everyone recovers soon. So uh, I will keep this relatively short, at least for me, and um, share the information. Stay safe. If you want to support what I do, freedomain.com forward slash donate. I really uh, appreciate that. And I will work very, very hard. I'm taking time off from family duties and, and so on because this is so important that I almost feel like this is what the platform was built up for was to try and help people in this way. Please, if you're on social media and you have some fingers on the switches that stop the suppression of certain channels, please, please let me out of jail for a couple of weeks. Let this message get out. I'm very good at delivering it. And uh, yeah, fine. Put me back in afterwards. Uh, I I get it. I've been a naughty boy for political correctness. But uh, this is more important than our ideological differences. Thank you, everyone, so much. Stay safe. Tell people about this. Keep this thing from taking out significant numbers of people. You can do it. It's a great thing to do with your time. This is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain, freedomain.com. I'll talk to you soon.